This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. You might assume we're both good at presenting to a live audience because of this podcast. But at the end of the day, when we record, it really feels like we're just talking to one another. Presenting information in person in a formal setting to a large audience is something that still makes us really nervous. To prepare for a live speaking event we're hosting together, we turn to our masterclass subscription to not only refine our presentation skills, but to build our confidence in a different kind of public speaking capacity. Between Robin Roberts, Hillary Clinton, and Kevin Hart's expertise, our confidence skyrocketed. This year, learn from the best to become your best with Masterclass. Don't just talk about improving. Masterclass helps you actually do it. Masterclass offers over 180 world-class instructors. So whether you want to master negotiate with Chris Voss, think like a boss with Martha Stewart, or plan your dream wedding with celebrity event planner Mindy Wise, Masterclass has you covered. There are over 200 classes to pick from with new classes added every month, like our latest aha moments from Robin Roberts' effective and authentic communication class that we watched before our event presentation. She taught us how to establish a genuine connection with the audience from the start. I'll always be a little nervous before presenting, but Masterclass prepared us in a way that dialed my nerves down and gave me tools to ground myself. Plus, every new membership comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so there's no risk. And right now, our listeners get an additional 15% off an annual membership at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Get 50% off right now at masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Masterclass.com slash shrinkchicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. I'm Emily Beerley. And I'm Jennifer Chaikin. And we're licensed marriage and family therapists and owners of the Therapy Group. We're on a mission to make therapy and therapeutic topics more relatable and accessible. So stay tuned, because in order to grow yourself, you gotta know yourself. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Welcome to Shrink Chicks. Hey, Jen. Hey, Em. How are you? Pretty good. <laughs> yeah, I'm hanging in Pretty there. Pretty good. All right, gross. Hanging okay, on by the a episode. <laughs> I think that's the thing to say. You know, oh, I'm sorry. Segway. Oh, immediate segue. I saw, you know, you see random people on the street and you're like, hey, good morning. How you doing? And you kind of just like, good, good. How are you? They're like, good. I said to someone like, hey, how you doing? She was like, I'm late. <laughs> I was like, person on the that's street. an amazing answer. Thank like, you for being honest. She's like, stop fucking talking to me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> talking. Wait, Don't I saw, I saw a really New good meme this morning that was like, who are all you people? Who are all you? Who are you, who are you uh, people? Who are, <laughs> who are all you people that are not on medication? Just raw dog in the fall of, uh, <laughs> of mankind. Did you see raw that meme? Raw dogging <laughs> is so funny. <laughs> raw dog in the fall of mankind is that not the funniest phrase you ever heard? i was talking about i got an iud because i like wanted to get off birth control yeah. and the this, but isn't iud just a form of birth control it is oh right i, I didn't want to take a it's pill still, yeah, every oh, day yeah but the switch has made me very depressed <laughs> and so I, I said to emily i was like how ironic would it be if i got off birth control got an iud because i didn't want to take a pill every day and then i went on antidepressants because <laughs> you have to take a pill every I, day. Take a the pill fact every... that you're not on antidepressants is amazing to me as right? i will be on this until the, the day that i die raw dogging it and upcoming episodes of how emily does ketamine okay um <laughs> truly <laughs> actually gonna do actually. but for now let's talk about relationship phases i love this dating. i love this topic 
Because I think we don't, you know, sometimes the advice that it's given out, they're, they lose the context of like, sometimes the advice you have for somebody who's been married 20 years is separate than someone who's been dating for three weeks, right? Like right. the context really matters. So we want to talk a little bit today about relationship stages and how things sort of switch throughout that. And I I think with like the fact that we're going to normalize a lot of this is, I would hope, really helpful for people. Yes. Because there's so many transitions in relationships that we're just like not prepared for in the ways I think we could be prepared for. So we're going to prepare you for them today. Let's prepare. We got so many questions, I think, because it's not normalized enough. OK, so we're going to go through the phases of relationships as they happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Maybe. So let's talk a little bit about dating. What are some of the things that come up when someone's dating that you really feel like we're dealing with? So I think in dating, like going from just like lightly casually dating to it turning into a relationship, right? And like, when do you have that conversation about like, is this getting more serious? Are you dating other people? Am I going to get off the apps? I I think that that is a huge transition. And also possible that like one person might be ready before the other Mm -hmm. to have the conversation or to even be in that relationship and like how do you talk about it what does that look like I think that there is it's funny because we talk about like a fear of intimacy looks different within all these stages so I think a lot about like dating and fear of being seen by someone the fear of being accepted or rejected by someone the fear of being chosen or not by someone Mm. right and I think that these come out through all the different stages, but they look different in dating, right? So when you're dating, one of the questions we get all the time is like, oh, like, when do I bring this into the relationship? If I struggle with body image, I don't want to bring that up in the first date, but like, it's something that like feels important to talk about or my past history of an eating disorder. And it's like, what stage or what date do I bring it up on? And we're all just kind of trying to figure out like, how do I even put one foot in front of the other? I feel like with dating. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I think something that of course, comes up a lot. If you really like someone, like you're going to have anxiety about the relationship in a lot of ways because at early stages of dating, like there is no security there. And I think too often we blame ourselves like, oh, I'm just I'm just an anxious person. And I'm like so worried about this. But like, no, there really isn't. You know, if you haven't talked about, you know, the boundaries around your relationship, then you're going to feel anxious, right? You're going to be, that anxiety is going to come up of like, there is no security in this. How do I fully trust that this is going to go somewhere or I'm not going to be hurt? Like, it's understandable, especially when you have had past experiences where you have been ghosted. Yeah. So, okay, so we have to do, we're, we're going to choose two questions from each. We each get to choose one question. Oh, Because okay. we have so many uh, listener questions for this episode. Uh-huh. So you can go first, Jen. Okay. When do you ask what we are? Okay, I wish I could give you it is at the three month mark. (laughs) But I think when you start to feel that anxiety in the relationship, I think it's important for you to ask yourself, like, clearly that's important to you, right? Like, clearly this person's important to you. You have feelings for them. I think it's completely okay for you to say, where is this going? Do you have the same feelings for me? And so I think, you know, you can start checking those anxiety feelings that come up. And I know that that's hard because we're all trying to be like the cool girl 
early on, like, oh, I don't care. Like, do whatever you want. But no, it's it's okay to care, right? Like, what are we dating for if you're not going to, like, actually like this person and see if it goes somewhere? Yeah. So I think it's completely okay to be honest about your intentions um, and to say, hey, like, I really like you. I would like for this to go somewhere. And I want to see if you're on the same page. Like, what does that look like for us? I think so often we're like worried about being needy that we just discount our needs altogether at the beginning of dating. But you're almost setting up the relationship for that if you're completely discounting your needs. So I think it's okay to say, this is where I'm at. I want to see where you're at and go from there. Is that scary? Absolutely. There is the possibility of them saying, I don't want to be in a relationship. I don't see this going any further. But my thought is like, better find out now Yeah. before you continue to get yourself into it with the larger possibility of being hurt. And I think that there's a different conversation about like, when you ask what we are, like, one of the things you're allowed to ask, especially if you're having penetrative sex, is... Are you sleeping with anyone else? Yeah. You are allowed to also have like, you know, safety and security and know if your partner is sleeping with someone and should you guys be getting tested? Like for me, like I think about that as like, okay, what parts of myself am I giving to this person? What do I want in exchange for that? For me, that's open like communication and transparency. So I think you have to think that in terms of that as well. So it's not about like, when do you ask what we are? But like, at what point do you feel that you need to know what you are? What is my anxiety versus like, what is real? Because like the first date, it's like, so are we getting married here? So what are we yes, doing here? Right. Okay. I'm picking my question. Okay. How to decipher between red flags versus own insecurities when getting serious with someone? I think this is a very, very good question because we sit here and talk about like red flags. Okay. Like if I feel like my partner doesn't um, give me their phone unlocked. Well, if I was in a relationship before this where there was a lot of cheating, then I might think that's really weird. But even in my house, I don't know my partner. Like, I don't get into my husband's phone mainly because, like, I don't know how to use it. It's like, a you know, right, freaking. Right. It's right. A- oh, can we talk about the fact that, like, last night, <laughs> last night, Emily had to Skype. Because he has a FaceTime. Because he's like, because he hates Apple products because he's an engineer and engineers hate Apple products, right? right? So like, so in my relationship, who knew Skype was still a thing? Yeah. (laughs) We are the only people keeping them in business. Right. so because in my because I don't have a history of infidelity and cheating in my life, it's not something I'm like highly, highly aware of. Right. But if I was in a relationship before where there was a lot of cheating or things like that would probably be something that's really scary for me. So I do think you have to say like, OK, what's my own history with this versus like, what do I believe is like weird? You know, yes. now, if I ask my husband to throw me his phone really quick because I can't find mine and I want to call mine in the house and he had a huge reaction flipped out, I would maybe feel a certain type of way. Like, why did you yeah, have I such might, a strong I might reaction have, like, to something, that? Right. So that's what I mean about like just between red flags and our own insecurities. You have to sort of check in like wh- one, am I aware of what my insecurities are? And you got to know lo- yourself. You, <laughs> I'm I mean, I guess you got to know yourself to grow yourself. Right. <laughs> so that's one of the things that I would say with dating. Like okay. That. Let's talk about the honeymoon phase. Right. Okay. So the honeymoon phase a lot of times is like, okay, now we've been dating for like three months. We we're both in the it's same amazing. terms. We don't fart in front of each other. Okay. Well, that never happened with me because I'm just always farting. Um, <laughs> that was never part of my relationship. I don't think. Honeymoon phase ended real early. <laughs> immediately <laughs> so like okay so like you're in this honeymoon phase you've been together for three months you decide that you're going to be exclusive you are very excited about it everything's great you're you're still going on dates 
You're like giggling. Constantly. Yeah, you're still showering before you see each other. Yeah, like things are yeah. hot. Yeah, things sex are great. Hot. Right. Yes. Okay. Yeah, you're having sex constantly. Mm-hmm. Maybe twice a day. Yes. Somebody said, can you talk about the honeymoon phase ending? I feel sad about it. Okay. First, let us validate those emotions because it is sad. Yeah. I, but I also have to say at another point. Yeah. He has to do a but and. I'm going to do an and. Very right, right, good, good. And I'll have to say is I do think that we go in phases of our relationships like the moon and we fall in and out of love and in that like right like when my husband first left his job i feel like we were very much entered into a honeymoon phase again Oof. so i do think that it's a thing that you fall sort of in and out and neutral towards your partner throughout time and if you freak out about it every time like that's but but it's also because what we're talking about is like before there is like a legal commitment exactly and without legal commitment i think it's scary or, or at it's least like scarier. conscious commitment it's yeah. totally it's much harder to like relax that nervous system and like be present and just like see for what it is where now i'm like eh. uh, it'll go back there <laughs> we've because been there we'll do it again because that's the thing is that i think you know the first time it happens you're like what you attach so much more meaning to it about like what does this mean like, does this mean they don't like me? Right. That that it brings up, I think, all of those insecurities when you're in a long term, when you're in a relationship for a long time, you realize that, like, that's just part of the ebb and flow of your relationship. Yeah. And so you don't attach as much meaning to it. You're just like, OK, we'll get back there. So, yes, it is. It can be sad. It can bring up insecurities. But know that that is a natural part of your relationship. And there's also something so beautiful about knowing each other's flaws and beautiful and terrifying right like knowing each other's flaws and learning how to work with them in a different way well I think we talked about this also in our episode with Dr. Solomon that like you can fall in love with new parts like I've been with my partner for 12 years and there is new parts of him I fall in love with all the time because also you both are growing right like like ideally you're growing throughout time and that there's ways to continue to get to know each other Mm -hmm. um but I think along with like the dating phase because it's it's such kind of a it can it can feel more unstable like there's this is more fragile that it can be it can feel almost like a threat to the relationship when it really might not be. Yeah. But if they say, OK, we were recording an episode this morning and I said something. And you're like, I didn't know that about you. Right. Yes. Like, I mean, how much time do we spend together? Talking All the stuff? Time. So like, I do think there's something discovering new parts of yourself, discovering new parts of your partner that like even if the honeymoon phase ends in the beginning, like you can actually have that throughout your relationship. Yes. Anyone else feeling like the mental load of making dinner, the planning, the shopping, the prep, figuring out the timing? (laughs) It's a little heavy to carry, huh? Same. That's why I am so grateful for Hungry Root. The food quality, simple recipes, true tastiness, and delivery right to my door is truly a game changer. When getting started, you take a fun, short quiz and Hungry Root will get to know you, what you like to eat, and more. Then they'll build you a personalized cart with all your grocery needs for the week and give you delicious recipe recommendations to put those groceries to use. So you can sit back, relax, and offload the many steps of meal planning. Each order is fully customizable so you can take their suggestions or choose anything you want. They've got fresh produce, high-quality meat and seafood, healthy snacks, smoothies, sweets, ready meals, kids' snacks and meals, vitamins, supplements, much more. 
My favorite item from my latest box was the honey citrus chopped salad, lemon pepper chicken, and the four cheese tortellini. You gotta try it for yourself. Everything from Hungry Root follows a simple standard. It's gotta taste good, be quick to make, and contain whole trusted ingredients. Right now, Hungry Root is offering Shrink Chicks listeners 40% off your first delivery and free veggies for life. Just go to HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks to get 40% off your first delivery and get your free veggies. That's HungryRoot.com slash ShrinkChicks. Don't forget to use our link so they know we sent you. A really fun fact about me that you might not know is that if I let my hair dry natural, it is a frizzball mess, which is one of the many reasons I absolutely love pros. I truly never thought that I would be able to embrace my natural hair texture. Ever since I switched to a custom hair routine with pros, I've noticed so many benefits. Less frizzy hair, yes, but beyond that too. My hair is shinier, healthier, and so much more manageable. Filming the podcast every week makes checking out my hair unavoidable, and I felt so much more confident on camera thanks to pros. Pros is made for people, not hair and skin types. Personalization is rooted in everything they do. The custom shampoo and conditioner combo, plus the hydrating leave-in conditioner and hair oil keeps the frizz at bay. It also makes for the smoothest blowout. People keep asking me if I got my hair cut or went to the salon, which is of course the highest compliment. Pros isn't just better for you, it's better for the planet. They're certified B Corp cruelty free and the first and only carbon neutral custom beauty brand. They even have a review and refine tool which learns from my feedback and adjusts my formula to keep up with the seasons and changes in my life. I used this feature when I moved to my temporary house in New Jersey, back to my house house post construction project in Pennsylvania. Environmental factors like water source is something that pros takes into consideration with their customization. So it was very cool that I had the ability to update my location. Pros is so confident that you'll bring out your best hair and skin, and they're offering an exclusive trial offer of 50% off your first subscription order at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. So you get a free consultation, then 50% off at pros.com slash shrinkchicks. That's P-R-O-S-E.com slash shrinkchicks. So the other question that we got was how to not feel like you've lost feelings when the honeymoon phase ends. Well, I think there's like, is there how much of an adrenaline rush are you putting on this yeah. phase, right? Like how addicted am I of how this whole process looks versus like what I'm actually feeling? So like, are you actually losing like feeling yeah. like you're going to have to go a little deeper with that one? Well, and I think I think, too, I know I love to talk about this, but society fucks us up a little bit that we have this sense of like. Oh, that is what love is, right? That we're like, oh, this is exciting and we're happy all the time. When you no, know, when you like settle into a relationship, there's there's a level of like security in it of like we both can kind of be ourselves. If it if there's safety in it, there's not as like it's not as anxiety provoking. It's not as exciting. There's some sort of like there's a lull in it that you know you don't really see in romantic comedies. No, because that'd be very boring. <laughs> <laughs> okay, no one would want to watch that. So let's talk about moving in together. Oof, such a good one. You know what's funny is I we got this one question that I want to do first. Any advice for moving in together when you both value your alone time? The, here's the cool thing. If you both openly know you value your alone time, you get to make that happen. The harder transition is when one person values their alone time and the other person doesn't. doesn't. That is what becomes a little bit more of a friction. A friction. A friction, right? So... How do we have these conversations? Part of moving in together is that you cannot prepare for everything. Everyone wants to control this. So you keep thinking, 
Well, if we could figure out if we can write down our exact minute by minute schedules, then we won't ever interfere. That shit's never going to happen. Stop it right now. So what what we're talking about is forgiveness. Right. What we're talking about is curiosity or talking about is open mindedness and expansion. The Sternberg Triangle. It's like uh, intimacy, passion and commitment. Like they like that's like their relationship triangle. Right. Okay. Am I taking all these things? What does this look like together? So I think that's like an interesting part that I think a lot of these questions are about how do we prevent all this? That's not real. (laughs) Right. Moving in together is so romanticized too that sometimes our expectations for it can lead us to feel disappointed, you know, because you're like, we're moving in together. Like we can spend all this time together. I think one of the tough things is that we feel like, oh, because we're spending all this time together, like that's our date. You don't need to go on dates because like we have time together. But like, no. Yeah. You have to get it. The house, you know, it's beautiful, but it's also where all of your stress lies, right? Like if you're at work, you're stressed all day, you come home and you're just like, this is where I can finally be myself and I can just unleash. Yeah. You would right? hope. Yeah. At home. But it's still so important to create that time for your relationship where you are going on dates. At every stage, let's just preface this, you're creating a new type of relationship. You're like learning things about each other. You're doing new things. And so moving in together is another stage in which you have to say, okay, now we actually, instead of just like being together, we have to actually make conscious time together outside of the home. Mm -hmm. What do you think is a harder transition, moving in together or getting married? Moving in together. Moving in together. Wait, unless unless you get married first before you move in together. Wait, what? No, I would still say moving in together. I, I mean, I don't know because so we well, both... probably because if you're getting married and you haven't lived together, you're then moving in together immediately. Right. So then that's got to be really difficult. But I I kind of felt like like when when me and my partner moved in together, I like kind of felt like we were married. Like, yeah, I did. too. I kind of felt like the, the and once you get married, everyone's like, oh, how does it feel? And you're like the same. Exactly the same. Well, Nothing. except for I had insurance then. Right. I did not. So it was exactly the same. For so me. it was great for me. I so. got insurance. <laughs> <laughs> this is actually turning into an insurance commercial. Actually, you know, you actually you insurance. insurance. <laughs> no, but it feels exactly the same. I think, too, we were already prepped for in a lot of ways for, you know, the yeah, I mean, we're in this field, marriage. right? Yeah. So I think some of the times where couples might struggle is if they have certain preconceived notions about what marriage looks like, like, oh, when we get married, this will change or this will be different. We were already prepped that like once you get married, literally nothing changes. Yeah. Uh, But when you move in together, things change. Yeah. So, well, it's funny because so you wanted to prep to go into the marriage. So here's a few things. Let's just go through a few tidbits of moving in together, though. You need to try. (laughs) You need to actively and consciously try. Not just, ask, not just ask your partner to try. Not just ask your partner to try. You need to as well, right? And say to yourself, the things I'm asking my partner, am I also doing myself? Right. When you find yourself focusing more on the things that your partner isn't doing, I have honestly, I have to consciously check this for myself. Sims. Like all the time. Sims. I have to, when I'm like, oh, it's not doing this, this, and this. Like I literally have to say to myself, okay, wait. I don't have control over that. What am I? What? How can I contribute in a different way? Mm-hmm. Because that is what you have control over. You don't have control over what your partner is doing or not doing. We talk a lot about that in mental in our mental load episode. Yeah. I, and 
I don't know. There's like a part that I can get lost and feel overwhelmed with it that I would imagine maybe some people listening might also feel, which is that like, I feel like I am trying, right? Like, yeah. so, that, so there's a part of you're sitting here and like, okay, but like, I really feel like I am. I get that. And still like, are you communicating it? Are you trying not just internally? Are you trying externally? And if you're only trying externally, you're also trying internally. Right. Right. And like what or else, like what's also the context of what's going on? Did we move in with each other? And then also by chance, we lost a family member. Do we lose? Do we move in together? And then the fucking pandemic happened. Well, that's going to be a little bit more difficult <laughs> per usual. Oh, yeah. So like once again, like a reminder that like everything matters within context. Yes. OK. Marriage. Marriage. We're getting into marriage. Marriage. Getting married soon. I'm worried about falling into a rut with us not pursuing each other. Yeah, it's going to happen. I was just going to say <laughs> valid fear. Do you have dogs? Do you have a cat? Do you gonna have children? That's going to happen. I think it might be important to say this to your partner. Like, hey. Yeah. When I'm how little, would we notice? I'm, right. I'm a little bit worried that when we get married, we're going to fall into a rut together. Let's talk about like if that happens, how, first of all, how are we going to notice it, just as you're saying? And if that happens, what can we consciously do to pull ourselves out of that rut? Because the fact of the matter is that will happen. Mm -hmm. It is just part of life. You're both going to be stressed at different times. You have pets, you have kids, you have other things going on. You lose family members, right? There's so many things that can infiltrate your relationship. But to be very conscious about what are we going to do to bring ourselves back together when we fall into that rut relationships naturally go in and out of connection and disconnection. Mm -hmm. The key there is that when you get into disconnection, you noticed it and you both know what to do to bring yourselves back into connection. Yeah. Somebody said, how to know marriage is for you? Questions to help confirm it is really what you want. So this goes back to something we've talked about before that we do something called sexual scripting, but you can use it with anything, which is what is the point? If I'm saying, how do I know marriage is for you? Why is it like, what's the point of marriage in your belief? For some people, it's truly about, I want to be committed to someone. For some people, it's like, oh, I legally want the, ta the tax deduction and the insurance. You know, like we're not judging in any way, whatever you define that is for you. But I think you have to understand like, what's the behind it? Yeah. Is it just because you think it's what you should do? Is it because like, if you didn't, your family would be really mortified? Right, like, or, or you just already expect that that's yes. the next step? Yeah. Did you ever think about that you have another option? Right. right? Like, so I think we're seeing it, especially if you grew up in a home where there was a difficult divorce or there was parents who probably should have been divorced and stayed together. <laughs> happens all the time right you might think like why the fuck would i do this and so you're going to have to define for yourself like really what is the point of this if you sat down with yourself and with your partner why are we choosing to do this i think that matters i think it does too can i ask you a question mm -hmm. why did you get married okay so if i think about the point behind my marriage i have cared about relationships since i was a young kid my parents Although I've watched them, they have banter and they have conflict. My parents do have a great marriage, but they also had great individual identities. So I believe I had a really good model of marriage. Mm. And for me, marriage was not about a thing that you did next. Marriage was a conscious decision. I choose you and then we grow together because I had really good models of that. That's beautiful. Why did you get married? Insurance. No. No. <laughs> I mean, I would have loved for that to be the reason. No, I think I think I... I really believe in working on something together with yeah. someone else. And I think there's 
there's something to be said about, you know, I, I just think it's very meaningful to be able to grow with someone and to work. It, it feels like an accomplishment to consistently work on something with someone else mm-hmm. and to be able to make it, you know, as best as you can and knowing that there's challenges that come up. But I think there's something about the commitment and being able to work on something together that I think, you know, is kind of special. Yeah. You know? I am thrilled that the weather is finally warming up here in Philly. I went to switch out my closet the other day from my fall winter wear to my spring summer wear and noticed that I very much needed a refresh. So thank goodness for Quince that allows me to update my wardrobe for the long haul without spending a fortune. Now I have a lineup of timeless pieces that keep me looking effortlessly chic year after year. I refresh my closet with the high-waisted linen shorts that come in multiple colors and patterns, the comfiest cotton tees, and my latest favorite, the smocked mini dress. And don't miss out on their accessories. Quince has the coolest sunglasses and 14 karat gold jewelry to complete any look. The best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80% less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, making me feel even better about my purchases. Get warm weather ready with Quince. Go to quince.com slash shrinkchicks for free shipping on your order and 365-day returns. That's Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash shrinkchicks to get free shipping and 365-day returns. Quince.com slash shrinkchicks. Did you know that billions of plastic hand soap and cleaning bottles end up in landfills every year? I used to contribute to that waste, constantly buying single-use plastic cleaning products without giving it much thought. But then I discovered Blue Land, and it has been a game changer. Blue Land has helped me eliminate the need for single-use plastic and the products I reach for the most. They are reinventing cleaning essentials. Their approach is simple yet revolutionary. Refillable cleaning products with a sleek design that not only looks great on your counter, but also reduces plastic waste significantly. What I love most is the convenience. With Blueland, I never worry about running out of cleaning supplies or lugging bulky bottles from the store. From hand soap to toilet bowl cleaner to laundry tablets that each smell incredible, all Blueland products are made with clean ingredients you can feel good about. I was blown away when I received my first Blueland order. I immediately filled the bottles with water and their tablets, which was so easy to try everything out. And the ingredients are clean, the scents are refreshing, and the packaging is just so cute. Blueland is trusted in over 1 million homes, including mine. If you're you're ready to make a positive change for the planet without sacrificing cleanliness or convenience, Blueland has you covered. Blueland has a special offer for our listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash shrinkchicks. You won't want to miss this. Blueland.com slash shrinkchicks for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash shrinkchicks to get 15% off. I have a quick, what, can I pivot for of one quick second? Can. Okay. Because Thank some, you for asking. You're so, you're so welcome. <laughs> Happy to be considerate. Okay. Well, just because somebody had a really good, it wasn't categorized under these, but I, it's a really good question that I'd like to talk Go about, which is someone had wrote it and said, I always move too fast. Tips on how to slow down and enjoy the stage that we're in. 
And I want to talk about this because I feel like especially when you're dating, there's this urgency to get married. And then when you're married, there's like this, if you want to, there's an urgency to have kids. And then like, it's an urgency to like get the dog or do the thing. And I do believe that we put an urgency on moving to the next step. And how do we sit and really enjoy what it's at? Which is very hard. Also, if you look at the context, if I have family members that are in my ear telling me, I really want to be a grandma. The social pressure. The social pressure. If I have friends that are doing it, if everyone around us is, oh, you guys have been together forever. When's the next step like people have like no fucking filter so i feel like it's not just you that's pushing you forward and moving it's you're getting all of this contextual messaging so one of the things i would do is i would try to tune that out i would start to one have awareness and notice it and then say okay that's why it's making me do this thing or this is coming up or every time i see an engagement on instagram makes me like we should be moving there right so like first i want you to like have that awareness and insight and then the action is to like talk yourself down from it of like that's not where we are right now and that is okay and i like this phase and if i don't then that's a different conversation but sometimes we're also fine with exactly where it's at we just think that we're not i'm laughing because when me and my partner were living together and we weren't engaged yet. (laughs) And you wanted to be engaged so bad. Wanted to be engaged so bad. Yeah. It's because the, the social pressure is so real. It's just so real. The Instagram, it has well, such an effect. I can remember you saying this, and I think this is great. And if you have not heard our episode with Mary Chen about long-term singledom, yeah. I, you have to go back. I don't yes. know what season that's in, one or two or something. Where, it's an amazing know. episode, and we love her so much. And I think it's funny because like one of the things she also talked about, and then I think goes into for you, because I can remember having a conversation probably like eight years ago with you. Mm-hmm. How long have you been married? Three years. Okay. So this makes sense. Okay. We're like, you were saying like, I want to be engaged because like, I feel like people don't take me seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Like you were like, if I'm like, you know what I mean? If I have a wedding ring right, on. It felt like it meant yes, so much for more. Other, for other people. So yeah. Like, I, and that was one of the things that Mary really talked about in this episode is that if you are not married, people like treat you like you're not a lot of like a and, child. And there's research about this too, that men that are married get promotions more than men that are unmarried wow because people see them as like oh they can make a commitment to a family so they can make commitment to a job yeah like i i cried to my partner and i was like i just want to get engaged what do you think about that now well now i'm like why was i in such a rush (laughs) you know and i know we've talked about this right because didn't you feel that to an extent too of like i I felt that well, I wanted to get engaged because I really wanted to have a kid because I'm a teen mom that had a child at 29. Mm-hmm. Because you're <laughs> you're currently a teenager right now. You're so much younger I than me. I truly feel like I'm a teen mom. But yeah, I just remember there was so much pressure and you were just, you real and I cried to him and we like joke about it now. He's like, remember when you're, I was like, I just want I think he had the ring at that point. Probably. He's just like, this girl. He was like, oh God. But I look back now and I'm like, why? Why was I in such yeah. a rush? And to be honest, you're going to listen to this episode if you ask this question and you're going to be like, OK, I get it. You're going to feel it. It you're just it's it. there and you won't be able to gain. I mean, maybe you will. But like it's so it's so much harder to gain context for it until you are married and you're like, why was that so important to me? Yeah. Like, why did I care so much? that I, I have this really like now that you're saying this, yeah. I have this memory coming up that probably like two weeks before I got engaged. We were at a wedding. It was one of my husband's friends and they had been dating for one year. Wow. And they were getting married. Mm-hmm. And somebody came up to me and was like, you guys have been together for, I mean, we have this point have been together for like, you know, forever. Yeah. Right. And they're like, oh, you guys have been together forever. When are you happening? And I remember getting so fucking pissed. Yeah. And like walking into the bathroom 
And then he like had already he had a whole plan to propose to me two yeah. weeks later. Yeah. But I was like, I felt this thing about like it's when people ask you. It's something about somebody asking you yeah. that makes you feel like you have to defend it. It makes you feel embarrassed. It made me feel weird. I felt like he, like this person who was getting married, like loved this woman more than my husband loved me. It was yes, it was fucking, none of it well, meant anything. Also, they were, and we they are the worst. Also, if, <laughs> if it's like this, you know, you feel so out of control of something. Yeah like getting engaged and well also because i was waiting for my husband to do it i should have fucking done it exactly if i knew what i knew now i would have fucking proposed exactly and and made myself happy exactly and that's the thing is that like you don't even question like you don't even think about that at the time this is compulsive heteronormativity yes some bullshit yes it is okay so i I wanted to go answer is if you want to get engaged you propose yeah you do whatever you want to do right okay so um I'm sorry. So I had to jump into that other thing. Now That's we can okay. bump back I for- to I forgive yes. you. Okay. I was real pissed. Thank you. <laughs> um, Jumping into kids. Listen, you might have these to are take hard. these. Okay. So why don't you choose a few and I'll answer them. Okay. How do you know when you're ready to have kids? You're never ready to have kids. You just make a choice. <laughs> I'm not like, kidding. Right? There's no, I mean, like, right to like the smart decision is like financially, career, like whatever. There's all these like smart decisions when you like to about like the right decision, like smart and right are often not the same things. Um, so you don't. You make a decision with your partner. You make a decision with yourself. Let's see what happens. And that's it. Love it. Nikki is looking like she's going to throw up right now. <laughs> when, when one partner is ready to have kids before the other, they've been together for 11 years and they're 33. I think this is really hard, especially because a lot of women feel the biological part yes, of it. And the they clock. have doctors saying stuff to them and they have friends that are going through IVF and infertility. So I think that this rush that women can often feel, it can feel much different than men. And so I think that's like part of the conversation is like, I'm feeling this anxiety. You're not. But like, can we have a conversation here? And like, also, it's one of the times where I like encourage you to like have conversations with your doctor. You can you can take fertility tests. You know what I mean? Like you can see where you're at. Like, but it's true. If you have something like a PCOS or endometriosis or or different things happening, like you're going to feel this and your partner needs to be able to hear and relate to you. When does the phase of child rearing get easier on the relationship? Okay, so divorce rate drops after all your kids are five and up. That's it. I did not know that stat. So I my guess is then. <laughs> you're almost there. But, but then you're, you're so like, close. <laughs> but Get then to the finish line. So like, yeah, like, I don't know. Like if you're looking at research, like there's like, that's like the research answer I can right. give you. But yeah, I think a lot of it depends on one, also how many children you have. Watch if you have children that have special needs or special concerns or yeah. disabilities. I mean, any of those things can impact it. So it's hard to give like this general idea. But probably when they're full day school and you right. don't have to also pay for additional childcare. And you know, I would imagine that it makes things better. Okay. So here's the, my follow-up question that's connected to this. Reconnecting now that we're moving out of the baby toddler phase, what would be tips that Ooh, you would give to Prioritize people? yourself. It starts from the top down. If you Beautiful. want a solid, cohesive family, is your marriage solid and cohesive? So once you're out of that phase, what are we doing to really reconnect? Maybe it was that we were so exhausted by the time we put the kids down before we used to never do our little at-home date nights. You do not need to always pay for a babysitter. Do stuff at home. Sit in the backyard. Have a glass of seltzer I feel like together. you're so good at that. What if you don't have a backyard? Like you? Yeah. You sit. You do have a little back patio. But those fucking mosquitoes. There's a are... lot of mosquitoes. Well, I mean, you go to the park. 
You could you could walk to the park. Walk to the for park. you. Go to so, Quizzo. Go to Quizzo, right? So like I. So now is the time. And also looking at your partner and saying, "Hey, I've missed you. I want this again. I want these other parts of you. Let your partner know you want them. You crave them. You miss them. That's gonna make a difference. Everyone." wants to be loved and it might feel a little awkward at first and that's okay let it be weird let it be awkward let this phase dive in but so is dating yeah so get nice feel good about yourself also like i feel like when you like have an infant you're like i couldn't give a shit less how i look or how i feel and anything like that so it does i i remember someone saying to me it takes two years to feel like yourself again Mm, do you feel like that's true i think it took me three okay That's right now. No? Always tend to take me a little bit longer. <laughs> right, yes. right. Um, so for me, I do think it took like t- like Millie turned three and I was like, okay, like now I feel like I can like focus on myself a little okay. bit. There's also a pandemic during that time. Right, you can't, right. It's hard to judge. So we like, couldn't get out of the house that much. Like that was a whole thing. But too. I think it goes back and this other question, how do you transition to an empty nest and like each other again? I think it goes back to what we were talking about is that. At different stages in your relationship, you have to get to know each other again, Mm -hmm. right? Who are the parts of you that you grew into in this time we had the kids at home? And what are the parts of you I have to re-meet now? And the fact of the matter is that like having the kids at home is a good, right? It's a good, it's really triangle. You're able to triangulate them really well. It's all right. Once the kids leave, you'll do that to the dog. Right, exactly. You'll have other things. Yeah. But I think it, it it that can be really terrifying once the kids leave the house to say like, oh, God, like we have to get to know each other. I have to re- get to know myself mm-hmm. separate from, you know, the kids around. And with that, I also have to get to know my partner again and normalizing that. Right. That does not mean that the relationship isn't working or that you can't make it work. It's just you're having to get to know each other again in a different way. And I think that there's so much fear around that where it's like, oh, we're not connected anymore. Like, this is terrifying. What does this mean? Where when you feel that disconnection, it might just be a signal of like, how do we reconnect now? Hey, dear Em and Jen. Oh, ready ready? for it. Yeah. Dear Em and Jen, I've been careful with who I've wanted to ask about a deeply personal life crisis. And I figured you guys are the most trusting with your advice. Man, I hope we don't fuck this up. I'm 30 years old and I've been in a relationship for two and a half years and got engaged back in December. Everything has been fine, fine, uh, until I met someone that has thrown my whole world upside down. I'm considering calling off the wedding by my gut intuitions, but I don't know if I'm being impulsive. How do we know how to trust our gut? The long story short is that my fiance is an amazing man and I always felt one thing was missing, but I know I can't expect him to fulfill my every need. Except the one thing missing is a really big piece to the puzzle. I don't think I've ever experienced a strong spark or deep connection. I've and I've met a man at work for this. For the record, I have not cheated, and it seems I have found the thing that's been missing in my current relationship with someone else. We have always been cordial, platonic for the time I've known him, about six months, and it just grew to something so deep. I feel like shit about myself that I let myself get to this point, but it's something that I can't even begin to describe how it even happened. It's a deep connection I have only had with one, maybe two people in my whole life. Is my gut telling me that I shouldn't get married or are my expectations unrealistic for my fiance and I'm self-sabotaging? I'm absolutely terrified of settling and also potentially walking away from a great life partner. Hopefully you guys can help. Thank you so much in advance. My first reaction is that when you feel something big is missing in your relationship, it's easy for someone else to come in and... Like, it's easy to look for that in someone else. That sometimes that is when 
cheating happens in the relationship. So unfortunately, we're not going to have the perfect answer for you. We're not going to tell you to do one thing or the other. But I think if you do choose to stay in your current relationship, that it's going to be important to talk to them about the thing that is missing because it will not just go away. This feeling won't just go away by making this choice. The hard part is it's always going to be that part of you and you're always going to wonder, right? Like, and so I think you have to say is like, one, I always ask people like, okay, if nothing ever changes today, does this relationship still work? So if that, that spark never came, if that piece of the puzzle never came back in this marriage, are you okay with that? Does this marriage still work? I'm also wondering if your partner read this, what would they think? Would it work for them too? And I'm not saying that to make you feel bad. I'm sure you're wonderful and you're clearly so loving and so considerate. And I think it's still part of this about like, this isn't just about you. The other part that comes up for me is, would you be calling off the engagement for this other person or for yourself? Yeah. That's a big difference. Because you have to say to yourself, let's pretend this person never existed. If you had never met him, would you have still had doubts? It sort of sounds like, yes, I don't yeah. know. I don't have you here. Since the times where I wish that we had a landline yes. and we just called you on the phone. <laughs> landline again. We could just do a cell phone, but yeah. keep going. <laughs> I don't know why I keep saying landline because we could just use a cell phone. What I don't know what year you think it is, but continue. <laughs> okay, great point. Great point. Great point. <laughs> so, right. So the thing I would want to know is that like, what would ending the engagement be about for you or for the other person? And I think that that matters because it's for yourself, because you think like, I'm just going to doubt this for forever. And, and I, I don't think it's right. Maybe that's time to consider. I also would wonder what would it be like to just take a break on the wedding prep and mm. try to make this work? Right. Yeah. Like, there's not only two answers here. Right. Like, what would it be like? OK, like I'm noticing something's coming up. I need to talk to my partner about it like because I do want to get married for life and not just as a trial run. And so what if we were like, all right, we're just going to like pause the wedding planning for a second. We tell everyone COVID or something. You can make up some fucking lie. Yeah, use COVID again. Yes. And then um, you say, like, I want to try to do this. And there's so many different things, right? Like, I highly recommend the 36 questions to fall in love. Or, um, you know, our friend Mac has great intimacy questions. and card games. Like, there is stuff to, like, work on that part. Because there also might be parts of your fiance that you haven't met yet that do spark parts of you. And I think that 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 can be really scary to say, like, it might be important to be very honest with your partner. Like I, I and risk feel, it all and risk it all and say, I feel like this one thing is really missing. And I'm wondering if we could build on that because that scares me. Because also there's a certain amount of truth we need here. Right. And that's the thing. Terry Real says that <laughs> Terry Real says <laughs> um, the the marriages report the highest happiness or also the marriages that say that they'd be report, they're willing to risk it all with honesty. Yeah. And if you start to practice that now, like if you do continue in that relationship, then you're setting up the marriage to be very honest in the future. Right. Yep. Because if you hold this in and continue, decide to get married, you never talk about this. I'm sure there will be other things in your relationship that you're going to continue to hold in. It's going to build and build and build. And so it's really important in a marriage and really scary at the same time to say, I need to be really honest with myself. And because of that, I have to be very honest with my partner too. I also want to, for a minute, talk about like the shame and guilt that you feel. You feel like you're this bad person. 
you're experiencing what a lot of people do, which is like we make connections to people. Like, I don't think that you meant to make that happen. There's a really good book called Not Just Friends that talks about how like sometimes this just happens a lot of times with work colleagues. And that does not say anything about you as a person. You're clearly amazing, incredible. You thought really hard about writing this in and where to take this and, and where to search for this. And so I think there's also a part where like, how do you let your insides match your outsides that can help you feel a little bit more in line with your integrity? And thank you so much for trusting us with no. and letting us in with this because can't imagine that was easy to write up. So we hope you enjoyed today's episode. If you liked it, we always ask you to send it over for friends. Uh, rate, review, subscribe, follow an Apple podcast. You can now rate and review on Spotify. You can watch our mini-sodes on YouTube. You can follow us at Straight Chicks. Or if you want to work with one of our amazing clinicians, you can check out therapygroup.com. If you are located in California, Florida, New Jersey, New York, Delaware, Massachusetts. Did I get them all? And Pennsylvania! Pennsylvania! Where our two actual <laughs> locations are. Used all of the other states. It's okay. All the other states in Pennsylvania. We hope you liked today's episode. We love you. We can't wait to talk to you next week. And don't ever forget that to grow yourself, you got to know yourself. We'll see you soon. See you soon. Welcome to Raw Beauty Talks. I'm your host, Erin Trelor. Ready to peer behind the highlight reel and all those polished pictures of the world's biggest influencers and wellness experts, we're gonna uncover what beauty, health, and wellness truly means in today's world. Warning though, there will be no surface level conversations here. As someone who really struggled with disordered eating and negative body image after trying to check all those be healthy boxes, I became a health coach because I'm passionate about redefining health and wellness so that it's less about the weight on the scale and more about how we feel. I truly believe how you feel on the inside reflects out into every aspect of your life. So if you're ready to go below skin deep to tap into a whole other level of wellness, you're in the right place. Let's pull back the curtain for some raw beauty talks.